Greetings, friends across the nation and around the world. I know. <laughs> and that's the way it is. December, what is it today? Fourth? December. Yeah. It's funny because I was, I was so young when Walter Cronkite was, was on, but I remember hearing it like in the living room. Yeah. In my childhood. Yeah, he had kind of a comforting voice. And, you know, you had Huntley and Brinkley on the other station, and then you had some other guy, I can't remember who it was, but they didn't. They didn't hold a candle to Walter Cronkite. Um, he and Walt Disney were the two icons on TV that you could look at and say, we can trust these guys. You mean the original Walt Disney? Oh, yeah, the man. The man. Yeah. yeah. Whenever you say Walt Disney, I always picture like Mickey Mouse or something. Because uh -huh. <laughs> I was, I mean, it's funny because this, this has nothing to do with Saints. But I, I really wasn't raised on Disney. Like well, I wasn't I raised on Disney either. But, you know, when yeah. you'd see Walt Disney come on, I guess his program was on on Sunday night, so I never saw it. Mm -mm. But a couple of times, you know, like I would be home or, and um, maybe there were, somebody was sick or there was a snowstorm, and you'd see him talking about Daniel Boone or somebody like that. And that always amazed me because... Oh, Walt Disney was Yeah. Saying? Yeah, Fess Parker. Is he dead now? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. He's long gone. I saw a video. I saw an interview with, the, I guess, the president, CEO, whatever. Eisner. No. Yeah, I saw that this morning actually, and they were questioning him because none of, none of the Disney productions that are coming out, the Marvel movies, the, the recent movies, are doing very well, and they were man, they were hammering them like. Why do you think this is? And he was talking about how the movie industry has changed, and which it has. I mean, I think it's radically changed since I don't know. But anyway, it's just interesting. Yeah, they 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 make these policies not just Disney, but everywhere, and they don't want to admit that it's a failing policy. It's like that debate with DeSantis and Gavin Newsom that Hannity did. Oh, yeah. Newsom would he'd present facts right there, and he would just dodge them. He would never admit that it was his screwy policies that were messing up California. That they're so addicted to the religion of that progressivism that it's it's ridiculous. But anyway, that has nothing to do with why we're here today. No, we would before we came on, we were looking at a, a picture of a video that that came out of Pastor Luciano's church, and I forwarded this to Pastor Robert. Apparently, when they were ministering down with Esso on the street in downtown Sao Paulo, um, there was an Iranian man who accepted the Lord, and he was baptized yesterday at Luciano's church. I love that. Isn't that something? Yeah, and he doesn't speak any English. And, he speaks Iranian? I, I hope he does, since that's where he was from. Well, then they're Iranians. And, um, you know, Anna was saying he's funny because he writes his name from the right to the left. And so I was exchanging with her last night that maybe that's part of the Aramaic culture, you know, because Abram came out of that area. 
Do you think maybe they started writing that way because Abram was dyslexic or something? <laughs> I didn't know that Iranians did that. I don't think there was a dyslexic diagnosis. Back no, then, I don't think so. But um, so we praise God for that. That should encourage Pastor Fulton. All those drops of sweat that he invested in that country. Oh, no, he had the breeze. Oh, he had the miraculous breeze. He had the, he had the Holy Spirit. And we were going to call him that. Weren't we going to call him the, mi the mighty breeze or the miraculous the breeze? Yeah, because he, we, were, we were talking about the heat in Cabo Frio. And he said, well, yeah, it was hot down there, but it's like this cool wind just kept blowing in whenever something would happen. I don't know. It's just pretty crazy. Yeah. God, I, honestly, I, I was sharing with Sandra because I hadn't seen Sandra since we got back. And she was asking me on Sunday. And, you know, I told her I, she'd listened to all the testimonies, but it it's t to me still when I talk about it, I just I marvel at the goodness of God and his faithfulness. And, and I, I realized that, you know, we talk about the scripture talks about how signs follow them that believe and that we need those those miracles those signs and wonders to not to confirm the word but to validate the message right and I feel like the Lord the manifestation of that was with us everywhere we went there was it was just and, and you know you always think well the manifestation of, of a sign, a wonder, a miracle is going to be something that's, you know, somebody's going to be risen from the dead or hands going to grow back or, you know, you think just the radical miracle, something like that. But to me, it was his presence and his, his fire and his anointing and his, I mean, what is better than his presence? Yes. And... To me, that was every measure of validation of the message that we need. And I know the I know the miracles are coming. I'm just saying, it was like the beginning of seeing that manifest. You're right. Day after day after day after day, and we that's all we need. I mean, it, you you even said, and I know my prayer before we went is, we can't do this without him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we we won't go unless he goes before us. We can't do this without him. And he was just so faithful to to be with us and not only that to, but to manifest his spirit and his power and his fire and his anointing and in every meeting. And so I'm just really thankful what God has done but at the same time it's like we talked about when we were there in our in our parting closing session how important it was for them to to really steward the presence of God and what he's doing in the in the different places and his presence to steward his presence and you know it really has gotten me you know it's, it got me thinking about how we've done that for 26 I don't know how many years it's been. Uh, a lot. 26, yeah. 27. But how we have done that here and how you all have done that in the places where God has called you to stand, but how precious it is 
for me to walk into our sanctuary every single day and walk into his presence and know without a shadow of a doubt that he's here, he's going to meet with me, he's going to, you know, he's, he's at the right hand making intercession, and I don't know, it's just so good. So. He really is. And I, I have to make a correction. Oh, no, what did I say? No, not you. The guy is not Iranian. He's Iraqi. Oh. He's from Iraq. So, and I knew that. I just misspoke. It's okay. So it was my... Same general area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Iraq, isn't that where the garden is? Well, yeah. it's it, That's where Ur was. It's where yeah. the garden supposedly touched down. Yeah. Um, so, so there's a good friend we there. pray for that man. I don't think he speaks... I don't think he speaks Brazil, Portuguese. So I don't know how they're going to teach him. I, I don't know how they communicate with him, but you know. The spirit can do that. Yeah. I mean, if anything, we've learned that we can, with, with the language barrier, we've learned how to, to break through, regardless of that language barrier in the natural. So <sighs> maybe the little supernatural. Maybe we can have Yawali help him. Yavali seems to have this gift of just picking up languages and also learning to play. I got Noah's ukulele out on Saturday. I meant to send Yavali a video because the kids were laughing at me because I uh, we have guitars everywhere. And I'm thinking about donating some of these guitars because I think there has to be kids that really want to learn to play the guitar that maybe they don't have one. And that's beside the point, but... I was in his room and I, I, I grabbed his ukulele and I thought about Yowali and I carried it downstairs and and I started strumming it. <laughs> and I thought, I'm going to YouTube this and I'm going to learn how to play some chords. So I did. I sat at the table and I, for about like an hour, I sat there and practiced chords <laughs> on the ukulele. And I thought about Yowali because for those of you that don't know, Yowali is learning to play the ukulele and he carried this beautiful ukulele all over Brazil while we were there. We kept saying, Yowali, you need a serenados. We want to hear you play the ukulele. But he was faithful to his lessons every day. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> we never heard one strum. No, I said, yeah, you need to come stand outside of our hotel rooms and <laughs> yeah. serenados one night. <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been funny. Uh well, uh, we are now in the month of December, the month of the prophet, and we appreciate being able to pray with everybody on this past Saturday, on first Saturday, and we, uh, we're looking forward to what we all need to do as we approach the beginning of a new calendrical year. And I, um, I, I know one of the things that I was sensing when I was talking with our French-speaking saints this morning, I knew that we needed to have a concerted prayer emphasis for this next year that the Lord, through his power, will keep the window open that nothing will freeze 
our abilities to travel and to impart where we need to go. Because, you know, you've got Middle East problems. You've got some new virus that's kicking around in China right now. Um, you've got uh, a presidential election. You remember what the summer leading to the last one was? The summer of love where major cities were burned to cinders. So you just don't know what the enemy might try to do, but we need to fulfill our obligations in reaching out to the fields that are white to harvest. And I think we need to commit ourselves as a New Year's transition that we pray and agree for, uh, for the Lord to keep that window open. And um, I also know that we, now don't write this down. Don't write Monica and ask when this is going to happen. This is just me spewing it out here for the first time. So none of this is in place. So put your pencils down. But we probably need to start having uh, uh, individual groups who will support and pray for these various churches in Brazil because they need to be being prayed for and a carte blanche over everybody is fine but that's that's not going to cut it because every one of these churches is facing different scenarios and different strategies that the enemy would try to do <coughs> to discourage them or to derail them and so I'm going to be praying over this next several weeks for a strategy for that. Um, you know, as the Apostle Paul said, you know, I'm praying for you that Christ be formed. Uh, we're laboring in travail for you. And if you're expecting me to do that for all these people, that ain't happening. My, That's not my job. My job is on other areas. I will pray for them. But people need to adopt different groups and make it the business of, of praying for them um, and yeah we we have obligations in the love of the Lord for other parts of the world but those folks are not in the same scenario as these babies in Brazil right now they're just not I mean I'm not the one that unlock this visitation and this mission for a continent you know other groups in other countries are in different levels of maturity and responsibility and they have their own they have their own responsibilities before the Lord and how we help them and how we support them is going to be different than a place where a new church or new churches are popping up each week I would would you agree that that, this is a far different scenario than any that we faced. Yes. Well, it's different, too, because when you think about Western Europe, particularly in France, Belgium is different, but, you know, in France, it really wasn't uh, the churches. It was prayer, you know, pockets of intercessors. And, and, and individuals, yeah. Belgium, we, we do have established churches that we would go into and partner with, but in France, it's it's really never, I mean, we had Chevalier, but I don't even know if that's considered a church. No. 
Every church we went into was more like a crossroads. We had Lebrun. I mean, that, that's legitimately an apostolic church, but which was our 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 starting point, yeah. pretty much. But then and care for care for. But I mean, like I said, I I never really considered that a church. No, it was more of a gathering place. Um, yeah, because the Chevalier, he was an evangelist. He's not even there. Whatever else he was, but he really wasn't the. Elizabeth Bruce was the closest thing to a pastor they had, and she was from Toulon. And uh, Cedric and Samantha were being groomed for that, and then you know what the enemy did there. But the thing with Brazil, it's, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's the churches. It's, it's these pastors in these churches. and um, Yes. Very similar to the Apostle Paul and what he was establishing. Even though, I mean... When you look at, say, France, when I look at, um, well, you know, I look at, at the group that Luke and Sylvie and and Julia and that group that, that they gather once or twice a month, maybe more, um, they're, they're the closest thing to, I think, the end time church there in France. Yeah. And I think the way the Lord is establishing His church throughout that nation is, is in that way. It's it's more like home church. It's more like, it's different. Yeah, and then they're allies of us. They're, they're, they are family to us, and we've grown and really evangelized with them. You know, we travel around. Even Lopez's church in Lyon, mm-hmm. that you know they they were taken all comers most of the time and you know the idea of being a pastor and just girding up and taking root none of those pastors and I'm not faulting them we're just describing had any interest in doing that they wanted the the crossroads and that was the mindset and so we got in that stream and we moved about we moved in so many places, and and we'll continue to do that because that's just seemingly the way, like you said, it's setting the stage for an end-time church, but it also reaches out to those folks. I remember when went and spoke at that Assembly of God church a couple of times and spoke. I mean, I dumbed it down and put pneumaticos principles in the old assembly God formula, and God moved great. But that was just, oh, great! We had a wonderful meeting, and we were glad to do that. But I don't remember where that was. It was in Nice. It was outside of Nice. Remember, the man came to, to Choliac's meeting, and I mm-hmm. spoke on the cross, and he said, "Will you come and preach this at my church?" Yeah, I forgot about that. And but but this, as you have just so eloquently stated, in Brazil is far different. You have all these pastors in these churches ranging in size just amazingly. And God is, they're wanting, I'm not saying all of them do, but they, most of them are wanting to embrace the message and apply these principles in the church. Now in India, Ratna would take, I know your visa's still good, um, Ratna would take that video school and go and teach at schools and all these pastors. Faladin with his 
Nations Prayer and Fasting group, you know, he's teaching these principles and supposedly these pastors are embracing them. Um, but, and, and God just moves differently in different places. We went, we sowed ourselves and we'll continue to sow. So it's not like, oh yeah, you're paying all this attention to Brazil. Well, how many, how many trips do you think we've taken into Western Europe? 50, 50 probably. So right. it's not like we've been avoiding and we love our allies there, you know. I meet with Luke and Sylvie. You do. We we minister each week. We love them. They're part of us. But our experience with them is far different than what God is doing in South America. Even when we went into South Africa, uh, Paul and me and Pastor Larry... Um, we went down there and we had these pastors that were there and um, it was just different it's just just different so but I think somehow we were sowing the seed somehow we were gaining insight and experience we were connecting with Terios we were connecting with Estemi outposts we were connecting with angelic groups that are positioned around the world. And that leaves a lasting impact on you. And when you're doing it for the Lord, by his directive, and all of that experience and all of that impartation is being drawn upon in these places we go now. Every visitation of the Spirit, like what we experienced with the fire and the seraph in Cabo Frio. We pray that that will have its lasting effect, its intended effect on those people. But that was an investment into us and into the Saints Network as a whole. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We're relying on it. I mean, it, it's, it's that, that fire, it's like it has embodied me on the inside. It's, it's, it's crazy. The even, even now, even today, I just, I will never forget standing up there on that Sunday morning and feeling like there was a flame inside of me. Like I, like I was moving in, the, this flame was like moving me. I mean, it, it just, and I remember way back, way, way back when when we had services on Sunday night here at the Father's Church and I remember being up on the platform dancing during the worship time and that's the only time that I can remember that I actually felt that flame inside of me that was like dictating, no not dictating, that's not what the word um, that it just embodied me mm -hmm. and I, I'm, I'm really thankful for that, for the visitation of that. It's not even a visitation. It's, it's, it's still very present. And so I'm, I'm so thankful. But I was going to address something that you were talking about because on, I think it was Sunday morning, which would be yesterday. I'm still getting used to Monday radio because yeah. it's different than Tuesday. Um, but you were just talking about, I don't remember exactly 
the con I remember the context, but I don't remember exactly the way that you said it, but you were talking about over the course of years us going into these nations and having meetings. And you weren't diminishing the importance of the meetings or the purpose of the meetings, but you were you were really driving the point home about how we've come to a point where there has to be, I mean, we, we have expectation going forward about where God sends us and the meetings that we hold. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that fair? Yeah. yeah. And I was, I, it's like my, the Rolodex was going backwards when you were talking about this, about all the meetings that we've had particularly in Europe, in France, and, uh, but if, you know, because you know that that is very near and dear to my heart, and I, I still remember the first time we set our feet down in the nation of France, and the impact that that had on, I know, me personally, because the, the burden <coughs> of the Father just kind of descended upon us, and just, if I could use this word again, just pretty much embodied me, and I think you too. Um, and to to the point where I walked into that first church at LeBrun's and literally like fell on my face in the sanctuary until his wife came and shook me and said, it's time for lunch. But anyway. This food is expiring. <laughs> you got to eat it in the next five minutes like, or you're going to die. I, <laughs> <laughs> the Lord is like, his weightiness, it was just so profound. But, and there's no way that, there there's no way that I could have even expected that because it was all new. Yeah. It was, it was going in faith, having no idea, because at that point, we had been to Africa, but I, I had no idea what I was walking into, mm -hmm. that it was going to be so life-changing. And, and so we've had so many meetings that have been appointed of the Lord, that we have been obedient to go to these different cities throughout that nation. And, and I want to believe that whatever seeds that we sow, whether or not we feel like it was fruitful or not, we sowed those seeds, just like we did in Africa, and those seeds are still alive in the dark. But what I realize is that what God did through all of those different meetings was he connected us with people. He connected us with intercessors. Whether it was just one or, you know, you think about Luke and Sylvie, and about the Leon girls, and about Olivia Zafus, and about and Julia, about these different intercessors that are now positioned faithfully throughout that nation mm -hmm. to pray and to really stand on behalf of the message. That's what he was doing. Yeah. And and you know we talk about the histeme. We talk about um, you know your calling where you are, whether or not you're standing as one crying out in the wilderness. Olivia, I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to several that may feel like you're completely alone. But I know that I know that I know that every time you fall on your face to pray, every time you lift your hands to praise, you are welcoming his kingdom into that terio, into that estime point. And the Lord is using you in a mighty way. And so... We're very thankful for that because it takes one. <laughs> and and we know that in the days to come, we're going to see the fruit of that. And we're going to see, I mean, I came to pray on Saturday at a different time because I had a long story. But um, 
for First Saturday, and it's like immediately the Lord began to show me expansion. I mean, and, and it's not like expansion it, it, that we would envision. It was like in the spirit, I just saw just massive expansion, and it's it's um, you know it takes me back because I realize that there's responsibility to that. And there's huge responsibility to that. Like, what does that look like? And how do we navigate that? How do we steward that? How do we facilitate that? And yet, at the same time, I felt such grace in it. So, anyway. That's all. That's my sermon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking about this fire. And, and, and incidentally, when we first went into France, that was that incredible heat wave in 2003, four, 2004, no, 2003. Anyway, the big heat wave. And then um, God broke that. That's not quite the same as the big heat wave that we just hit in Brazil. But I was thinking about the fire of the Lord and how um, what invites the fire of the Lord biblically? Well, the first is judgment and burning, which is focused on God's purpose, the mishpat, and the function. So whenever you're wanting God's will to be done and the functionality of his will, you're, <coughs> you're partnering with the purpose of God. The, uh, the other is... Um, the incense where you're you're praying and you're you're offering up the things that would be um, um, in accordance with the ingredients of incense because the fire of the Lord with those angels of fire are are going to inhabit and utilize that and the third, which is one that we don't recognize, but I think it's more <coughs> it's more necessary than we realize that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, and you don't want to be a candle without the fire. You you want the the candle is made for fire to be upon it. And when we welcome that fire within the spirit, which God has been focusing on for the past three years, the, the study of the human spirit and, you know, how our commu we communicate through it with tongues and, you know, all the things we've been studying. If the fire is there in your spirit, then that can ignite places you go. You know, yeah. or maybe it's a it's a seed of fire that welcomes. And if you have your candle lit, and you are about the purpose of the Father, partnering with His ways, and you are offering the incense, the pray, the prayers of the saints. All three of those are welcoming this fire, and those are the biblical ways of his fire 
And I wonder about when God poured out the tongues of fire on people. Uh, I wonder if, you know, they were outside, most of them, so there wasn't a roof where it could be igniting on. But God poured out his spirit and that fire came. The ingredients were there. They were waiting on the promise of the Father, which is his will. <coughs> they had, they'd been in prayer, in supplication for the incense, and the, that fire ignited, I guess, their spirit, which was freshly born again through Christ. I don't know. There's just a lot of factors with that. But those three, those three main things are... You know, in God's judgment, see, you know, God rained down fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah. And God sent his fire down on those guys that came after Elijah. The fire of the Lord consumed them. So it can be, it can be a defense and a, and a warfare thing too, but it's still... All three of those things were present in the prophet. And I think it's significant, too, because <clears throat> the Bible says that judgment begins first in the house of, of God. And, you know, we've, we've, we've referenced this at um, Pastor Sello on that Sunday morning. I mean, he literally said from the pulpit after that visitation, I thought I was dying. And I think that that was part of it. I think that, um, I mean, we all recognize that his fire will burn away the dross. It will burn away anything that's keeping us from pressing forward in his purpose. And um, I think that there, part of that visitation was um, burning. I'm not there. I'm not a part of that church, but I feel like I'm part of that church now because we're partnering with them. but And we could say that about our church. I mean, I'm asking the Lord for the visitation of his fire here, that anything that's here that needs to be purified or cleansed would be done so that <coughs> the fullness of um, his passion and his jealousy, his zeal, would just so resonate within us that we have no choice but to go forward in, in that aggressive, it is aggressive. I mean, his fire is aggressive. And we can be passive. Our people can be passive. And I think that, I don't know, it's just, there are so many things. I mean, I, I, I wish that, I wish, I wish, I wish that, after that, we could have had some space to be able to do some kind of interpretive prayer with the people, with the, the leadership, to be able to bring understanding. Because, um, And I think we're going that direction eventually where those things will happen, but um, there really wasn't time for that. And <coughs> but anyway. well, See, I think part of that may be the role of pneumaticos people. Uh -huh. and Elijah's uh -huh. because these things are going to happen when things are in place and um, 
these types of things are going to happen when the structure of the Lord is in place. And at that time, you need somebody who has experienced it to a degree or understands it in the Word to say, this is that. And you did to a certain Well, yeah, because, I mean, but that, that's a role that certainly was not present when we were changed. No, we had to learn it ourselves. Yeah. The Spirit taught us, though. Because we were reading this literature. Some of the people were saying things that were like that black guy up in Chicago. I can't remember his name. He, he, he and his church were tapping some things. Like he, he talked about, I forgive me for forgetting his name. That's okay. But he talked about the the core of the person being where the spirit was inhabiting. He didn't say anything about Ma'a. He didn't say anything about any of the things that we've learned scripturally. But something about reading that helped me. Because that was a ping. Oh, okay. Um, But all those people were just saying, we have the river here too. We have the river here too. Fire, fire. But there wasn't really any explanation of it. Lila Terhune, who came here, she wrote about cross-pollination, which was interesting because that meant, you know, that we were receiving from different places. But then again, like when you're here in Texas, if you go out and buy honey, you want Texas honey. Right. You you want for your histeme. (laughs) So you don't really want a cross-pollination. No, but I think that we, we it, it, and this really, in, in a lot of ways, was, was um, uh, it, it was also, like, life-changing for me, and that whenever we go out, whenever God sends us out, we're blessed. I mean, we, He has sent us to, to partner and to fellowship with the most wonderful people on earth. I really believe that. It's like I think about our, our saints in France and in Belgium and Switzerland and throughout the world, Brazil. I mean, I can't love those people anymore. I don't think so. I mean, I just, I love them all so much. And um, I just feel like God has given us just the best. But I probably lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? I don't know where you were going. I don't either, but it was good. Well, you know. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Good. Okay. Um, And so whenever God sends us out, and, you know, blessing follows obedience. So his blessing is always going to be on it when we're obedient. That's his promise. And so we always come back blessed. Do we always feel like we hit the mark? Do we always feel like it was (coughs) successful? That is for you to judge. Um but I know that I always come back feeling blessed and <clears throat> but particularly this last trip <clears throat> and and you know it's it's like even when we have seminars here we are so geared to to give to give to give to prepare and to pour out and that's really how it needs to be I mean that's 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 that is how we as a as a leadership team, our perspective is to pour out to give, 
But I've learned over the course of the years by the Spirit of the Lord that the Lord also wants to pour into me during that time because I need to be equipped. I need to be, you know, all of the things that all the other saints need. This particular trip to Brazil, and it was prophesied by Pastor Rafa over us more than once and then prayed over us. I know me particularly. I know you and us as a group that he wanted us to be filled to overflowing. I mean, he had such a heart that he could also, his congregation and him and his leadership team could pour into us. And I really appreciated that. We didn't go for that, but the Spirit of the Lord, I I know for, for me personally, I know I felt like I came back so full. And, and it, it wasn't just blessing. It was the Spirit filled me up from every single place that we went. And I'm really thankful for that. Only God can do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I recognize that, you know, the whole principle of, you know, bro- broken bread and poured out wine. And I realize, too, that usually, most often, I am more effective when I'm pouring out from what I feel is an empty place. And I, it, because that makes room for the Lord to pour out through me. But I just, I'm, I just, I still continue to marvel at the way that the Lord, the Spirit was just, whether it was just in the atmosphere and He just, it was just a constant filling. And maybe that was just His grace. Um, because I know I was asking for grace like continuously. So, anyway. Oh, it's, uh, it's good to contemplate and to meditate on the things that we've experienced and you know in the Lord and, and and that's why you know I would rather hear from the Lord um than to hear from anybody else you know oh, for sure do you remember when we used to have prayer times on Saturday nights and we were not to leave prayer without being prayed for. Remember, we'd have a line across yeah. the front, and you and Paul would walk over and lay hands on every single one of us mm-hmm. at the end of every single prayer time. And then we learned to access ourselves. Right. And and what a wonderful thing that was to learn was to be able to access the heavens and access the Lord ourselves and draw from that rather than... I need pastor lay hands on me again. <laughs> and there are a lot of people that didn't want to make that transition that sure. you just said. Sure. And that was an that was a challenge. Um but you know I was thinking about that understanding the Lord gave us about how the angels praise and that annual word and I was thinking about how in First Corinthians 13, that see through a glass darkly, and darkly is enigma. And I was remembering that when we went to England and we went to Bletchley Park, and the German machine that they had was called the enigma machine, mm-hmm. where they could take messages and scramble them and send out their communications to their submarines and their commanders. And it was just a total mystery Mm -hmm. to the Allies. But it was called by this name. Mm -hmm. And then when they 
figured out how to decipher, then the Allies had all the information that um, was necessary to foil the enemy's attempts. But it's funny that they chose that name. And it's funny that when we went on that first journey to Africa and we spent time, did an activation out of Bletchley Park, it was about that Enigma machine. And little did we realize at that time that that word, that thing was named after the way the angels communicated the mystery of God. And then we received that mystery. We pray mysteries and we gain insight. I just thought that was very interesting. That prophetically the Lord would send us to Bletchley <coughs> where that, you know, when we were really going to be used in this way. That's, that's kind of interesting. But, but then that other part about 1 Corinthians 13, um, I see through a glass so that's the only thing that really talks about a, a mirror. Uh, but it's backwards. Whenever you see a mirror, it's backwards. So whatever you're doing, the ways of man has to be changed to the ways of God. Then darkly is this enigma. And then face to face is how God wants to communicate with you to reveal his mysteries. And then and it says, uh, I know in part, so it's a continual thing. But in this process, I know as I'm known. And, and I was thinking about how we said, you know, when we began to pray in the spirit, in diversities of tongues on our face, and God began to reveal these things, suddenly things that we knew were in us, but we didn't really have an explanation for why we felt certain ways, or suddenly we know that. Mm -hmm. Suddenly it becomes clear mm -hmm. or clearer suddenly the meaning of why we're seeing things, why we feel certain ways, is gradually being known. And that passage right there, all the, how many of them are there? One, two, three, four, five. There's a fivefold for you right there. And how God changes us and reveals things. And, um, but even, you know, I thought, We've taught on the angelic so many times and we're grateful for their impact in our life. But how the angels communicate, um, I probably need to go and teach again on that. You know, we stayed away from that for a while because people became infatuated with it. Mm -hmm. And it irritated me because I knew the angels didn't want that. They just didn't. And the people, you know the way people are. They want manifestations. They want to be entertained. And God's not about that. It's like Jesus said, why did you come out here? Did you come out, did you come out because you thought I was going to multiply bread again? Why did you come to see John? Did you come to be entertained? And so the Lord didn't want that either. But then again, you know that God works in signs, but... It's that really fragile formula of being developed as a servant of the Lord, and then that's how he comes. Anyway.
I took us down that road. So the fivefold in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, we can assign the five things and then somebody say, oh, I didn't see it that way. I must be doing something wrong. So <laughs> I would think, though, that the enigma there, anoigma, would be apostle. I would think that because that's the touch point where God communicates his mystery. Maybe maybe it's the teacher, though, because it's an interpretation. But no, I think the essence of it is, I don't know, work on that. Send all your opinions to Monica. She'd love that. <laughs> Thank you. And, and ask, her, ask her to meet with you and to interpret <laughs> what you're saying because you can't do it on your own and you just want to dump it on her. Oh, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm joking, don't you? I'm not. Monica, would you help me to understand? I had I got a message from uh, we had when we were in in at Casa Zion, the the I guess maybe part of their leadership team it was a husband and a wife they were basically the hospitality for us and they would prepare our food and make sure that we were comfortable in the little pastor's area yeah. while we were waiting um, between meetings and whatnot and they had three kids one of them daughters we prayed for because she has an autoimmune disease and I'm believing that the Lord's healing her or has healed her and then they had a son and then they had a younger daughter who was on the dance team and she was like 14 precious and she she came to me more than once and sat down nestled in next to me and just wanted to talk and ask me questions and this girl is like beyond her years. I mean, she she really is beyond her years. And <clears throat> I got a, a message on WhatsApp from her yesterday asking me, she said, I'm absolutely desperate to understand more about that ma'al thing because she said, I feel like my belly and my, 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 my spirit inside of my belly is just been so active since you've been here and she was asking me for scriptures because we taught about that on that sun that that saturday marathon session but we talked about so many different things so it was it was more like a thumbprint um, discussion about the ma'a and yet she in her 14 year old age was saying, I really want to understand this. I want to find this in scripture. I want to understand what's happening in, inside of me because I know it's the Lord. And I, that just thrills me because I know that's intercession. I mean, that's the seed of the intercessor. That's the heart of the intercessor. And I wish that I could just sit with her face to face and and just mentor her. Mm -hmm. And so, but I will. I mean, I'm going to connect with her and give her some scriptures and Anyway, I mean, that's one of <coughs> so many different touch points. It's just you just wish that you could have a follow-up, you know? You wish that you could just go back in a week and, and as, not assess, but just have a, a follow-up. But the Lord, the Lord is, is there, and the Lord is with His people, and um, that He's going to give us wisdom into how 
to go forward in teaching and bringing understanding to so many of these principles. Yeah. That they're actually moving in. And that's just it. It's like doing and teaching. It's like they're doing them. They just need understanding. And, yeah. and maybe it's, it's, um, maybe, you know, maybe the Lord is going to raise up Rafa or some of the teachers in his church to, to start probing and, and studying and, and teaching like they're doing in Luciana's church. So that's what we're hoping. That's what we believe for. Yeah, I was talking to Diwali the other day, and he said, I keep, keep, I keep sensing the word institute. Maybe the Saints Network Institute. It's hysterical. I institute. know. Christ for the Nations Institute. institute. CFNI. Oh, is that, that's what it is? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, these people need to be institutionalized. <laughs> <laughs> Marriage is a fine institution, but who wants to be in an institution? Remember that old joke? No. You don't? No. I think that was a Henny Youngman. No. <laughs> Take my I'm wife, too please. I'm too young to remember that. Oh, <laughs> man. Well. Oh, my five, five years are junior. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I was just a recipient of a lot of that because I hung around old old well, you people. Had, you had older siblings. All your siblings yeah. were older. I had older siblings, too, but they weren't quite as as knowledgeable in the... The they they um, led you into the ways of rock music. <laughs> right. They absolutely did. Well, but see, these are things we need to be praying about. Um, I mean, not the old-timey, let me make that a matter of prayer. Um, we need to embrace things that we are, we've been honed to impart. And... Um, Gosh. <laughs> God is good. God is good. But you know, you, you know me, this is, I know has exasperated you on more than one occasion. But no matter how good things are, no matter how God may have moved, when I leave, I always think, all right, let's nuts and bolts this thing. Let's, uh, let's see what good things happen, but what else should we have done? You know, what do we need to do next? And I think that, you know, we're supposed to have a hunger for the Lord. We're always supposed to be more. Well, that's in my gifting. That's my hunger, and that's more. More of you, Lord. Well, more of what we can do to help these people. More. And you just express some of it. You just said, I just wish I could just sit down and, you know, no matter how much God poured in, we recognize that from our perspective, there's more that we have to give. But it's the spirit. I know. I know. I think our more is... Your more is becoming... More your more is no. becoming more of my more than you realize. I know, but it, foundationally and integrally, my more is just more of him. And I think we need that. I mean, we we need both parts of that. Yes, because and I think we, we can't do your part if we don't have the part that I'm asking for. And we experienced that in Brazil. Yeah, and you know, I think about this last year, and even before, prior to this. I mean, I spent this entire year 
really, when I come in to pray, the Lord has me at the altar. I mean, and it's not just to be at the altar because I need to come to the altar. It is making sure, I mean, it has been about the fire. It's been about just my intercession about making sure the fire stays lit and that there's wood on the altar and and our wicks are trimmed and to welcome his presence because um, we have to have that. So I wanted, I wanted, I really want to believe that, you know, we pray, Lord, send help from your sanctuary. I know just from being away and feeling the touch point of home and so many of the places of prayer that I know I was drawing from, um, which is normal. I mean, we do. We draw from this house. We draw from heaven and the touch point there, the intercession that's going forth here and in the different houses of the saints. Of course we do. But it was it was profound. I mean, I could sense the intercession so strongly. But um, I, I do. I mean, I want to believe that we took some coals from the altar with us. Yeah. And all those words about fire that that came forth in this house through that temple activation through the saints from all over where I saw, you know, the from heaven a pitcher pouring out fire onto Brazil, you know, fires being lit and, and spreading. I mean that that came from from the spirit through intercession through the saints. There's no denying that. That in September you know, you felt by the leading of the Lord, we need to have this temple activation on behalf of what God's doing in Brazil. And all these words about fire. And, and granted, I mean, I don't know about That's you. True. I didn't even remember. You know, it's not like I was thinking from September, okay, we're going in, when did we go in November? November. <laughs> fire, 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 fire. I did not even, I mean, I processed those words. I prayed over those words and then I filed them. Trusting the Lord that, but it's not, it wasn't until the Spirit like brought it to remembrance when we experienced it. So, anyway. That's true. I mean, it's, it's, it was a real live demonstration of what was shown in that place in heaven that is orchestrating the events on earth. Amen. If we ever need proof build our faith and what we what the Lord initiates through us to do in prayer that yeah. is it yeah. and we've seen it before I mean we saw it I remember once we went to, you guys went to India and we had a TTT activation in India and I remember this was years ago um, I remember the words I still have them filed about what God was going to do and a little bit more I don't know. It, a lot of dynamics going on there, but then there ended up being that 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 CD. Remember, prayer for India or mm -hmm. prosecutor for India. for India. Yeah, it was so pow It was like one of my favorite CDs that this house ever produced because it was so prophetic. Yeah, and we still believe that those those words will manifest and they will come to everything God says is is going to come to pass. So. Yeah, it's it's really interesting the pathway that God has led us as saints uh, and where we are now. Every part of it contributed to what 
he's brought us to at this point, yeah. which is which is wonderful. Amen. So we have uh, come to the end of this broadcast. Oh. See? Oh, it's 12:30. One, we're now in overtime. Oh. We're we're Just past one hour. So thank you for joining us and um, these things that we will be asking you to participate in in prayer um, are not organized yet, but just know in the next few weeks, as if you didn't have enough to do, we'll be uh, presenting some things as we go into the new year. Now, Christmas and New Year's are on Monday, so uh, we'll probably have an emphasis on New Year's Eve service, that December 31st day, that will include a um, an extended prayer time, it's something that we would ask people to pray as con in conjunction with the service, whatever you're going to do on on New Year's Eve. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that hasn't been planned yet. But I know that that's probably what's going to happen. We'll ask. We'll ask churches. Okay, and the network. <laughs> as we go into this new year, let's pray for those of you who have churches. Maybe you could incorporate into your time prayer um, toward this end. But none of that's been materialized yet. It's like you're not missing out. Don't write it down. We're because uh, sometimes I say this, and our saints are so wonderful to participate that they think that it's already been organized. It's not been organized. <coughs> Did I make that as clear as mud? Okay, good. So don't write Monica and ask. She doesn't know. She don't know because we don't know. None of God's children know. Thanks for joining. We'll talk to you again uh, Wednesday night live and then um, next week. Till then. Next week. Adios, amigos.